Hello, everybody, and welcome to WTS 241. My name is Danny Murray. And I am Graham Murray. How are you, Danny? doing great man i'm doing absolutely great i was uh two of us have burnt noses from the sun indeed yeah yeah have a little bit of sunburn been enjoying um our few days of summer that we got now that's it the sun has gone to all our heads we can I think pack we it, got up. it i think we got it at the very successful uh jumpers for goal post that happened this past sunday indeed. in at ashland park the enfield ashland park big thanks to everyone for showing up and uh big thanks to john blake for putting on coffee uh, refreshments for all the participants. Yeah, the the um, coffee host, uh, you'll, you'll catch them in Sandyford, uh, and yeah, they're on Instagram and everything like that. But uh, I can highly recommend the iced caramel latte. Delicious. Thank you. I never took the coffee, so I didn't. I I, I got a bottle of water. So thanks, John, for the bottle of water. Um, I have to say that jumpers for golf host thing, man. Right? I was only saying because because I, I I went up. It was great to see yourself. The first time I've seen you. Uh, properly and I didn't know you were coming you know uh, Gary you never told me you never friend, told me you were coming I, I thought I did to be honest with you I must have just no. said at the Keith that I was going to try pop up uh, yeah so yeah it was great to see yourself the friend of the show Keith Kelly Jumper for Gold Posts just such such a brilliant brilliant I've, I've said it so many times but it's the simplicity of it and the fact that it can just be picked up and dropped in anywhere all you need is a football and four jumpers and a few lads and a few girls and away you go. It's fucking flawless. Who else did um, you meet? You're missing somebody very important. I, I, was, about, I was about to say, yeah. Uh, wait, did I met for the first time? Oh, sorry. Yeah. Suggsy Merrigan. Yeah. He did, yeah. Suggsy. He's looking for kisses form. off you. He was. He's in fine form. Now, WTS special correspondent and Arclo Agoniant slash legal advisor Gary Mackle uh, took exception to a couple of Suggsy's antics. Uh, but Don't it, was mind, great, Gary. it was great to see Gary as well. Uh, love Gary. He's, he's he's brilliant. He's a genius. I think he's the type of person I need more of. Uh, it's great to see Mark. Mark. There was just so many people there. It was great to see Cubes was up. The lovely Oxana was even there. Um, Absolutely, I agree with your sentiment on Gary. Very very funny man. He is, and uh, yeah, look, just Keith Kelly. Well done, man. And after COVID and everything else, it was a tonic. I I was on the road home to Leash that evening. And I said to Cubes, this is the most normal day I have had in a year and a half. And mentally, I am the better for it. I, I was on a cloud for about two days after it. Like, I was just... Oh, lovely. That's a I great effect. Like, this is absolutely brilliant. Like, I've, I knew I missed people. I knew I missed interactions and that kind of thing. But, Jesus, I felt... I couldn't tell you how many times I felt better. Just... Roll on the next numbers for a goal post, anyway. Yeah, so... so um, Everyone speaking speaking of uh, Gary's humor, um, he was. Uh, I think we were involved in a thread um, with Paul Howard in relation to Trent Alexander Arnold being going to be in or out of uh, the England squad, and we were basically saying, right. "Jesus, can you imagine the uproar with Irish Liverpool fans?" and uh, Paul Howard wrote back, Irish Liverpool fans are unlikely to care about the England team. I hope he's left out so we can have a much needed break. Harry replied, there are people that use this application that will have a menstruated attack if he misses out. Let's all know that and understand it. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus. But he's in the squad and uh, there'll be no menstruated attacks. um, From from your your cousin. (laughs) 
Remember from me cousins. cousins, yeah, cousin Michael and Keith. How are you? I hope you're keeping well. Uh, they're they're the only sensible one out of the three lads there. Um, Indeed. Well, I did say out of lads to be fair. Nikita said oh, yeah, she always enough. above all of them. She always yeah. was. She always will be. Um, but yeah, um, Euros England four right backs, four <laughs> right backs. Gareth Southgate is a coward. In what sense is he a coward? Because he, he couldn't drop one of them. Exactly. What are you doing? You're naming three centre halves, and one of them is currently in a protective boo. Like, you only, like, so you, are look you suggesting... the attacking options that England have to. I'm delighted, by the way. It means England are most likely going to do terrible in this tournament, which is what the world needs right now. They're second favourites, Dan. I know that doesn't let mean them, much. Let but. them be. Let them be. They'll capitulate under the pressure like they always do. I'm saying all this, and then in six weeks' time, I'll have to come to this podcast and be like, I can't believe England won the thing. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but just four right backs. Four. There's Premier League squads that don't have four right backs. I think entire Portugal season. are going to win it. I'd love Portugal to win it. I'd love think, Portugal to win it. I don't know why, but I just think they will. Portugal. I think, Italy, you know Gabriel, Gabriel Jesus? Yeah. I didn't know he was Portuguese. Thought he was Brazilian. So did I, but he plays for Portugal. There you go. We learn something new every day. Just go show how ignorant you I know, am. Did you know he played? What did you say? Just show how ignorant I am. I hear a name like that. I'm like Brazilian. <laughs> I need to ch- I need to double check now because I thought you would have known uh, who he played international. And I could be wrong. And then someone would say, "Gabriel Jesus doesn't play for." Uh, yeah, there's, there's a good chance we're going to end up editing this out now. Hang on a sec, Gabriel Jesus. Oh my God, it says Brazilian football. No, don't mean Gabriel Jesus. Who's the other city player? Just, not Gabriel Jesus. Well, I, well, when you say Gabriel Jesus, I'm going to presume you're talking about Gabriel Jesus. So I'm not going to I, correct you. I know. Don't, um, right there. <laughs> I need to see this. Okay. All right. No worries. I need because I, I, I need to. Is it Ruben Diaz? Is that here talking about? No, I need to see his face. Because he's, he's a Portuguese, isn't he? He's a small little. Sorry, Bernardo Silva. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Ah, yeah, yeah. No, I knew, I knew Bernardo Silva. Uh, was right. Portuguese. I didn't know Bernardo Silva was Portuguese. So I, when I seen him, and I was thinking Bernardo Sal- Silva, um, Bruno Fernandez, Cristiano Ronaldo, mm. and I was thinking, and uh, a couple of those Wolves players, I was thinking, Jesus, Portugal have a good team here. Yeah. So yeah. I might back them, and I might back. Lukaku for for scorer or top scorer. Oh, that's not a bad show. Yeah, I'm gonna do my usual. I'm gonna back Italy. Any major tournament that Italy qualify for. I'm <laughs> Are Italy in it? The Nations Cup thing. I've no idea. I don't know. What did you have to do to qualify? Collect five packets of cornflakes and put in a fucking <laughs> raffle. I don't know. Uh, Euro 2020. <laughs> Jesus, we should have done research here, man. We're coming across as. No, this is ad hoc. Uh, uh, Euro 2020. Yeah, well, Turkey are playing Italy in the opening game, so I presume Italy aren't in it. <laughs> Imagine Turkey won it. No, I won't do that. Thank you. No. No, <laughs> I'm not willing to entertain that idea. I don't like oh, Hacken Yakin Hacken. No, he was he was Swiss. Wasn't he was Swiss, he? yeah. Hacken Sukar. You broke my heart a few times. Hacken Sukar. Hacken Sukar. Like. Never liked Tugoy. him. A Blackburn, yeah. I remember Tugoy. Um, I like Tugoy. Yeah. Uh, Liverpool, no, not Liverpool. Who signed? There was somebody who signed a Turkish lad and he was great for a first booking bet if you're looking for one. Recently, did Liverpool not sign one on loan? Possibly, your man Kazan was it? Kazan, is that him? I've, 
you know, we're, we're being found out here, man. We're being absolutely <laughs> we found, are being out. found Gabriel out. Jesus is Portuguese, but he's actually Brazilian. Yeah. Remember Bernardo Silva's name. We're saying England won't get anywhere when they're already the winners. Keep it all in. Who gives a fuck? Who yeah, okay, exactly. Look, that's podcast. What... It's the best podcast in Ireland and it's the oldest podcast in the world. Exactly. It's not, yeah. but still. No, but it um, is. It is. The other podcasts all, have all gone out there and through uh, the dark web have manipulated their start dates. Whereas we're not. We're six years old. We're six, officially this month we're six years old this this right now this weekend six happy years birthday old. to us happy birthday to what's the story podcast literally just remembered as we're talking right now <laughs> unbelievable that's hilarious that's it yeah six what what are you when you're six what are you first class no yeah you go first class six. would you uh no you'd be senior infants would you be senior infants would you yeah so first class would be seven making your communion and second class would be eight yeah fair enough so do you know what? Senior infants is probably a good fit for us mentally. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, oh God! Anyway, yeah. Dan, will we talk about um, our guest? Our, our, yeah, I guess. Yeah, uh, to, to change pace, shift gear, as a, as it were. Um, our guest this week, uh, her story is incredible, and the work her and uh, uh, another girl, Una, are doing to, to raise awareness around stalking in Ireland is vital it's so important and when you listen and you hear our guest eve mcdowell tell her story if you haven't heard it or if you haven't heard all of it your jaw will hit the floor at times um but yeah look there's no point in me i won't do it justice let's just go straight to our guest uh the brilliant eve mcdowell delighted to say this week we're joined by eve mcdowell who's story is uh in- incredible and it led to her uh being one of the co-founders of stalking.ie and we'll hear all about that now but first and foremost eve thanks mill for joining us uh, i hope you're keeping well thanks thanks for having me on lovely lovely um so for people who aren't like i know you've, you've been on the late late show and i've heard on other podcasts and all that and kind of the first time i heard your story i found myself going holy shit um, like for, for anyone who hasn't heard your story, can we kind of can we go through it and just like hear basically yes. what happened to you? Okay, so I suppose to start off, I'm just going to say I had never heard of any stalking cases in Ireland or with anyone I know at all. So it did take a while for me to understand and recognize what was actually happening. Um, so I met this guy back when I was in college, and. <laughs> We didn't even, I suppose we met at parties. He was a friend of a friend, kind of. Um, he was always a bit socially awkward. Never had one-on-one talk with him, really. Um, he was just, you know, Carve Village was a small accommodation, so everyone kind of knew everyone. And then um, I dropped out of college, then halfway through first year. Um, and I stayed in Galway and I kept working, so I didn't see a lot of the crowd I went to college with for quite a while. Uh, that I started working in a clothes shop in the city centre in Galway. And he just started coming in a lot. He was buying a lot of clothes from there. Um, I remember one of my friends told me she'd seen him on Tinder and that his occupation was a rep for the clothes, clothes shop that I worked in, which was just, you know, I was like, right, that was a bit strange. There was a couple of things like that and people would have told me he fancied me, but he never actually made any verbal advances or anything. So... So while he was shopping, he wasn't even starting conversation with you at all? Like a little bit, but he was always so awkward. 
you know, um, there would have been a bit of small talk, I suppose, but just talk about the weather, you know, it would never really went past that. So when people started saying this stuff to me, I kind of, you know, didn't take much notice of it because he had mm. never said, or, you know, I'd never been led to believe that you know, that was the case. Uh, then he went off the radar for a while and he started, there was a couple of months where I just didn't see him at all. Um, and then he started walking up and down past the shop a lot and looking in, like staring in as he was walking over and back, but never actually coming in. So I remember saying it to a few people in work. I was like, what's that guy that comes in? And like, it's strange now he's walking over and back and not saying anything. Um so yeah that was grand and then one day i went to little after work I was grabbing a few bits i seen him looking over the wall opposite little and at that stage i was like right i could go around and see what that's about and he just ran away like he went behind a garage that was beside it and i was like right okay that's fine <laughs> um must have been waiting for someone else or just pass it off and then my friend had my house key and she was at birthday party in the estate beside mine so I went to pack the key off of her and I told her what had happened and then when I was walking back to my house he just was in the estate and like you know I, I came around the corner and it was like he was coming the other side so we were facing each other and just like you know I knew he was still in college so I just went oh well uh, how are your exams going and he just ran away so I was like okay that's very strange now yeah um even was it then oh yeah so I had started telling people and then there was one day I was in work and I spotted him at like half nine going past the shop I was like right that's early enough you Joe wouldn't see anyone my age at that time back at that stage um <coughs> excuse me and then I was on my lunch and the place where I went for lunch seen him outside was eating at Nair Square seen him there again uh then at four o'clock and then one of my friends called into me and she was like do you know that like you were sitting at the bench outside of the shop just looking in i was like what that's so weird he's been around all day you know you get reassured like it's probably just coincidence call it small at, at any point at all eve where was there anything in your head at this point that you were kind of like something's dodgy here or, or yeah, I, was I it just that, coincidence? I, knew, I knew it was a bit strange and a bit dodgy but i didn't like you didn't feel threatened? Not, well, not really at that point because hmm. just because I hadn't heard of anything, you know, I you kind of really start to doubt yourself. You're like, oh, I'm going a bit okay. nuts here because I'm seeing him a lot. Is it that I'm looking out for him? You know, sometimes yeah. there's that one person that you always bang into no matter where you go. I kind of thought it was that situation, but no, I don't know. Then I went to the pub after work and I was telling my friend, I was like, look, you know, I think there's something dodged here. And, you know, she was trying to reassure me that it's probably nothing. Um, and then five minutes later, she was like, oh, my God, Eve, look, there he is. And as soon as I caught eyes with him, he just scurried away. Um, and I was like, right, that is strange. I didn't, at that stage then, I, this was all the one day at that stage, I was like, I don't know, I feel a bit weird about being here. Can we move? across to the scaff and we did we were just sitting there i asked could we get a window seat because i just wanted to keep an eye mm. um out and then he did he was walking up and down past scaff um so then after a while i went to mcdonald's with my friend and nearly jokingly i said watch now he's gonna pop up here now again and he did Um this was half 11 at night so this is God, from half nine in the morning Jesus. to half 11 at night so he and my friend were like right let's go and let's this out so we went out and he ran down a side street off of shop street and um 
I was like out of breath by the time we got to the top of the street. So I stopped. She went down and um, we thought he had gone, but she screamed and she was like, oh my gosh. And he had been, he was ducked behind the car. And she was like, what are you doing? Like, why are you following Eve? And he got up and he just went like, shh. And he ran away laughing. So at that point, I was like, right, this is very dodgy. Jesus. And he had a really distinctive beard. So I, I, sh- I think I said something like, you're not doing a great job of hiding. I can spot you a mile away with that beard. Um, and then I asked two of my friends to walk me home. And on the way home, he showed up again. Like, just I, wasn't I, I, giving up. He showed up again that night? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He Like, at the traffic lights just before the estate. So then we spent about 40 minutes, I'd say, outside my estate, like kind of circling it to make sure he wasn't around because I didn't want him to see where exactly I lived. But I'm sure at this stage he probably knew already. But, you know, that just didn't occur to me at the time. Um, And then a couple of nights later, I went out again and I stayed at that friend's house that was in the estate beside mine. And at quarter to nine in the morning, I walked back into the house. And usually we would lock the door at night, but never during the day. We'd kind of have the door open for going mm. out. Something this morning, I just said, I'm going to be sure now and lock this. And I went into the kitchen and put on the kettle and I came back into the hall and I just seen like a figure standing at the frosted glass beside the door. And I was like, that's strange. And the door handle tried to open. Um, and then the door bell rang. I was like, well, why would they try to get... You know, it did. I didn't recognize the figure. So mm. I didn't, you know, I was like, well, it's not him. And then the doorbell rang. So I was like, maybe it was a postman or a delivery guy that was trying to throw something in. But I texted in the house group staff just to make sure. And um, the girls were like, no, I don't, I don't have anything in my house. And I came down and she just said, are you all right? And I just explained the situation. I said, I think this guy's actually following me. Um Because I had opened the door nearly straight away and there was no one there. So I was like, well, that's weird because there's steps. There were steps up to the apartment, like a good 15 steps. So it just, and the keys were on the radiator beside the door. So it took no time to open it. Um, and we were in my room talking about it. And then she just started screaming and she fell back on the bed and she was like, who the fuck is that? Who is that? She just kept saying it. And I looked down and it was him. He was in the bushes below my bedroom window with his beard shaved off, his eyebrows shaved off and his hair shaved off. Jesus Christ. Oh. So at that point he had like, I don't know, tried to disguise himself or something. Um, so that's when I rang the guards because, he you know, tried to come into the house and I just thought if he was capable of this, he was yeah, capable yeah. of anything. It, it was like being in a movie at that stage. Um, the guards came and I ended up going home for a week uh, just to get away. But like even when I came home then, I was like going for walks around here and was still found myself looking over my shoulder because there were so many yeah, times course, where I'd yeah. yeah, because you know sometimes you get a feeling someone's behind you and you look over your shoulder. But like that was happening, but there was actually someone there repeatedly. So that just has such a knock-on effect. And then um the day I came back, the guy I was dating at the time, he came and collected me. I got I had to get because the guards had said like you can't go anywhere on your own. Mm. Um, just make sure you have someone walking you everywhere, which you know doesn't seem that big until it's like your day off and everyone else is working or everyone's doing something. You're just stuck in the house, and you know it's just really it was really annoying. Um, so then yeah, one of my friends came. He collected me off the bus and stayed at my house with me until my ex came and collected me. And we walked into town to get some food, and I was like, "Here, I don't want to." Can we switch up the route just in case he's along the 
to walk in somewhere. So we went through the NUIG campus and um, yeah, I was walking with him and he just took my hand and he was like, keep walking, keep walking, don't look, don't look. And I turned around and he was there again. Um, so we went into town and tried to reassure myself that it was a coincidence again. Maybe he was just there for some other reason. Um, but yeah, when we were walking back into the estate, then I spotted him in the bushes, the house opposite my house. Um, and then I went in around the guards and that's when they took statements off me, my housemate, my ex, my friends. Um, and that night was I was awake all night, kept thinking something yeah. is going to happen now. I remember the week before it happened, like I realized that nothing could be done about it until something worse happened, which is the worst feeling because you're just like a sick, sitting duck then, you're just waiting for something. Jesus, you know, yeah, that's what, 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 what was the guard's reaction the first time you called? Like, um, the first time I called, now see, I didn't call them until he had tried to get into the house and he had shaved off his beard and his eyebrows and his hair. So they did take it quite seriously because that's what we were going off of. But um they try and bring him in for an interview at that stage or anything at all or Oh, they didn't even take statements at that point. Which they probably should have, but like I didn't even I because I had never gone through the guards for anything before, I didn't yeah. know like about taking a statement or what that entailed or why it was important because I always wished that I had reported it earlier and that I had taken statements earlier, because then when you go and you actually do make a statement you need to have your dates right your facts right or else it won't hold up in court and mm. like there was just so much happening at the time that i lost a lot of you know information i forgot things i wasn't sure on dates yeah. um and unless you have that you know you kind of want that crystal clear uh when you're making a statement or if you're in court so that it holds up but um yeah i had rang them then when he yeah when he landed and they didn't say too much. They just said, make sure you're locking the doors. And um, they said they'd talk to him in the morning. But um, I was awake all night. And then at 10 to 7, he, um, it turned out he had scaffolding set up a couple of balconies down. Um, my housemate was sleeping on the couch because she forgot her bedroom key. So she opened the balcony door for some air um, at about 10 to 7, I think it was. And uh, she was falling back asleep on the couch. And then she heard the floorboards creak. And she looked over and he was halfway across the sitting room um, on the way out to the hall. Holy Jesus. And then she God. started, I just heard her screaming like, oh my God, it's him, it's him, get out. And he ran towards her with the hammer and tried to hit her over the head. And she put her hands up and managed to deflect the hammer out of his hands. Um, and it went flying across the floor. And I think he panicked at that point. Um, and he ran and he jumped off the balcony. And then, yeah, the guards found a knife in Viagra at the bottom of the balcony as well. Holy fuck. Sorry. A yeah. knife at Viagra? Yeah. Now, he denied that they were his um, and they couldn't get the fingerprints off of them so that, like, that evidence wasn't used in court, which was just, which made me so angry because, it's like, there's not going to be who, who else owns that one? Like? Who, who <laughs> this else? is not just going to be sitting there. Yeah, and the knife, the knife even matched a set of knives in his house, and like even still, you know, it wasn't used. So I, I know this is kind of off topic almost, but it it's mad to me that even like a legal professional, although I know they're representing a client, so to speak, but that they would try to deliberately get that stuff 
dismissed from court, even though it's, you know, if it walks like a duck and it quacks like a duck, it's a fucking duck, lads. Like, yeah, but that's God. the law is so particular. Like the courts are so particular. It really is like, you know, like forensics have been great in helping solve cases, but then you have mm. the flip side where because, you know, the grass is dewy that morning, there was no fingerprints on it. So Jesus. Yeah. So, and then if he denies it's his, then they can't really, you know, but um But he was arrested after that incident. Yeah. He was, yeah, they found him crawling up, like, because at the time, couldn't, I, for some reason, couldn't get through to the station for ages, so ended up ringing 999, and then we got a response then, and they came out, and they, we told them what happened, and they left, and uh, me, two of my housemates, and my ex were all locked in my room, we had, like, furniture pushed up against the door, and there had been no one living next door to us for the last, like, two months before that, but it just so happened that they one of the lads that lived next door and the landlord were in moving, I don't know, furniture or something. And we heard the footsteps. We thought that he had gotten in the house again. Um, so, you know, like Jesus, that whole yeah. thing was terrifying. I thought, you know, but, um, and then I opened the bedroom window and seen it was them and asked them to wait there until the guards came back. And they didn't know what was going on. Like I was trying to explain it, but they were just like, God. Um, yeah, the guards came then and he, they said they had him and they were bringing him down and he hasn't he's been um he's been held since thank god he applied for bail a couple of times but um he he was never granted bail when did that when did all this happen um it was may or may 2019 yeah 2019 may May 2019 and so he's still in custody he is he's been charged now but his like his release date is uh march 2023 Okay, and in, and and I suppose this is where it almost gets even even stranger in the sense of what was he convicted of in the end? Because uh, I think it was aggravated burglary and harassment. And and this is assault. how and this is how you found out that there's no laws around stalking in Ireland. Yeah, none. Like I couldn't believe it because. I just assumed that, you know, once he gets out, I'd be able to get a restraining order and all of that. Mm. Like when I said about, when I said that to the guards, they started laughing and they said restraining orders are something from American movies. Unless you're married to someone or have been living with them for five years, you won't be able to get, get it. It's like, I know, I know the guards do great work and all that, but that kind of reaction. Yeah, is... it's, there was a lot of insensitivity with some guards around it. Now, some were brilliant mm. at the same time. And they only have so much power in intervening in these situations, but things like that now, like the, that was a sensitive topic and for them yeah, to kind of laugh yeah. about it and say that, oh, you're not getting that. Now I have since found out that you're, there is something I could have maybe gotten, but there's a, there just seems to be so much miscommunication and no clear information. Like in England, they have SPOs, stalking protection orders. So if I had gone to the guards that time, you know, say the time that he had showed up at the door, mm and told them about that and said that he had been following me. They In England, what they can do is they can, like, present this stalking protection order to them. And, you know, it, like, has a list of, like, they're like, right, you know, you're, this person has come to us and said you're stalking them. Don't come in whatever distance of them. Don't contact them. And yeah. sometimes they do zoning where they're not safe. It's college. They're not allowed on the college grounds and stuff like that. And then if the person that was stalking them breaks that SPO, 
and they can be convicted of stalking easier. Now, they're still a relatively new thing, but they've had stalking laws over there since the 90s. Jesus, you know, yeah, um, yeah. It's just mad that now the Department of Justice here is saying that stalking behaviours are covered in the harassment laws. But, like, I don't even think the harassment laws are working for harassment, yet alone stalking. Yeah, like it, it, what was what was his defense? He said that he was breaking in to get money off of me. Said that I owed that I borrowed money off of him for rent. So he just made just up a story. Completely, like completely. Jesus, I don't. Know. It's obviously but, the best he could come up with. So he was he was following you for a period of time because in his head you owed him rent money. Yeah, that's what he said anyways. Yeah. That, that's what was said the first few times, but I think that story was kind of dropped somewhere along the along yeah. the way. And then if so Mad. he's he he's he's currently in, in prison for this and that kind of thing. And have has anyone given you advice around what might happen then as it comes towards his release date and in terms of your safety and, and that kind of thing? Are there conversations that happen at the time or no, like there's just because there's literally no specific stalking organizations in Ireland, there's hmm. no one to even like ask apart from what me and Una have set up. Um, yeah. so yeah, it's just so hard to know. Like in England at the minute, what they're doing is they're trying, they're working on getting a stalking register, so it's kind of like a sex offenders list, but for yeah. people that because there was a study done over there and Stalkers have even, when prosecuted, have up to sixty-five percent chance of reoffending, hmm. which is, which is dangerously high. So, um, it would make sense, but yeah, we're just so behind. Yeah, and you mentioned Una there, Una Ring, who is the the other founder of Stalking.ie. So the the two of you guys then have have, have experienced this, and you know, like like many other people, but you guys have kind of said, uh, no, this. The current situation isn't acceptable. So, yeah. so, so t- tell us about stalking.ie and what you guys are trying to do. So um, I tried to kind of forget every... I'd been approached by a couple of media and stuff after my case, but I just turned mm. everything down, really thought I was a once-off, tried to move on with my life. And then one day in work, I heard about Una's case and I was just like, oh my God, I can't believe it's actually happened again. I read up on the case and there was some differences, but there's a lot of similarities I just felt as well. Yeah. So I want to... I would just want to get in contact with her. So um, I had a contact with the Ryan Turbity show and she had been on the radio show and they contacted her and she was happy to talk to me. And um, yeah, just we just spoke for over an hour on the phone the first time we were talking about what we had gone through. And, you know, we both agreed at the end of the conversation. We just said, look, something needs to be done and, you know, hopefully someday we'll be able to help others. And then, just by chance, she had passed me on to, because there's a thing that the Irish Prison Service do, that's how I got his approximate release date, mm. um, and, and see if he's like moved to prisons or is out for a day because he used to go to hospital or anything. Now I'm signed up for that, and I'll be notified if he is let out, and I know his approximate release date from that. I only know about that service through UNA, though. No one told me about that along my whole journey of the over Jesus. a year and out of court and everything. Um so I was kind of given off to the head of the IPS, um, just about, not to him, but I was just saying, you know, they said, look, it's a grey area. We can't contact people because of GDPR. Um, so all this, you know, um, I was just, you know, saying that it's so tough on victims. And he said, look, I 
have another woman you might want to talk to. And he put me on to her. Her name's Ruth Maxwell. Um, she was walking to work in Dublin in 2016 and a man came up behind her and tried to slit her throat. Luckily, she grabbed the blade and managed to fight him off. <laughs> like Jesus. Yeah. Completely severed the tendons in her hand and just, you know, she's been fighting for victims' rights ever since and she was so helpful. She put me in, t- in touch with the Sexual Violence Centre in Cork mm. and with Jacqueline Daly, like the Chief Superintendent, Head of Protective Services and all these people and just, yeah, the Sexual Violence Centre in Cork really wanted to help us out. They... Just they've been the wind behind the wings for this whole thing. Yeah. Um, they helped us build the website, and you know they're guiding us in the right direction, and they're really helping us with the campaign side of things. So yeah. How, how are you now, you? Um, like it, it comes like? and it goes. I'm like, like even now at the minute, um, there's a man that's been sitting outside my work. He used to come into my last workplace as well. And it's like, it's not happening to the same extent, but like, I wouldn't call it stalking, but it's definitely harassment. And he's doing this to a couple of other girls around Galway and we're just trying to deal with that at the minute. And it's like, you know, it's really frustrating when the Department of Justice are saying the harassment laws that are in place are working, but they're not working for harassment. So they're definitely not working for stalking either. Um, Like... Unconscious, like kind of the, a bit the, frustrating, it isn't it? Yeah, um, and and unconscious, kind of like how this might sound when kind of we've asked you to come on and talk about this on the podcast and all that kind of thing. But like, it's it's brilliant that kind of you're sharing your story and that other people kind of can hear that and they might recognise, oh shit, that that behaviour with your man or your one isn't right. Like you know, so yeah, it's it's important that people hear about it. But then at the same time, I'm kind of thinking like, does it? Is it hard for you? Yeah, is it hard for you to talk about it, or kind of at this point, you're like, no, it's more important that people hear it. I think it's more important that people hear it. Like, obviously, it will come with the negative side as well, and it leaves Mm. us more exposed. And like, even during court, like when just before someone's prosecuted or the sentencing, uh, victims of a victim impact statement that you read in court to the judge to explain how it's affected you. When I was going through that, I wasn't even strong enough to read that myself. I had to get a guard to do it for me. Um, so I think from going to that, to be able to go to this, for me, I just, you know, I think it's it's huge. But it's yeah, it is so important because there's not enough awareness around it, I think. Yeah. I think the awareness needs to be there before the law can change. Like, it needs to be done in steps. We're already 10, 15 years, if not 20 years behind what England has in place and it's still such a big issue over there um, as it is here like the amount of emails that we've gotten from women and men in similar situations it's mm. just insane Like we, and a lot of people didn't even recognise it as stalking because you know we don't really use that word or when people do use that word we use it like so generally like oh I was stalking his Instagram or I was stalking his Facebook yeah yeah you know, like that's the only time you, I kind of would have heard the word actually used. So I think like recognizing what it is and naming it is the first step. But yeah, we definitely, we should hopefully and, and the, get this law the, in place. The, the petition that you guys have on stalking.ie at the moment, t- tell us what you are trying to get, you are trying to achieve there. Um, well, we're basically trying to drum up enough 
support like so we can present that to the department of justice and say look this many people agree with us i think we're almost on nine thousand signatures now um but you know it took we got loads after the late late show and then it kind of has dwindled down again now at the minute so that's why we need to keep pushing it still because we just really need people's support um on this because as i said it could it's way more common than we realized and it could it could happen to anyone like in yeah. England, the studies that were done showed one in five women will experience it in their lives and one in ten men Jesus. as well. And be high numbers. And it you know, is, there's yeah. the whole... it, it is something that that I think it's gonna directly affect women more so. And it's it not just seems like it's a it's a never ending conversation, unfortunately, about kind of you hear about like violence against women and, and all that kind of stuff. And it's like at what point will something fucking change here? Like it's it's crazy to me that these conversations happen over and over again, and and yet they're they're the same conversations. Like yeah, and as well as that, they are the same conversations. But there was a, a, a another case um, that I listened to on the Ray Darcy show maybe about two months ago, and and I was on the Claire Bourne show in the morning on the radio. Um, a woman Ray um, lifted her privacy, you know, and the only reason why she did that was because something similar in your case, Eve, where there was no kind of real uh, liaison. You were saying there about, you know, the Viagra pack, they couldn't link it to them. Um, you had to remember times and dates and stuff like that. Like in her case, um, from the time the incident occurred, I think she was, she was physically attacked. But from the time that happened, to the time they went to court, she went through uh, counselling. And in order to defeat this guy in court, counselling is a quite a private, private matter, but his defence were demanding that they see the notes from the psychologist for her um, one-on-one counselling through the PTSD she was getting from the trauma of it all. So my point in, in what I'm saying and the context in which I'm saying is that it doesn't seem the system helps the victims at all. It seems like, I mean, for you, for you to find out his release date just by chance, as opposed to through proper channels, seems to be absolutely ridiculous. This is your safety, like, you know. Yeah. This, like, were you, were, I, I don't even suppose you were offered any um, counseling throughout any of this, were you? No, like there's no compensation whatsoever. Like when they're, they're offered, you know, they get free counseling. They get, re- you know, they're not like obviously they're in prison, but like even there's no compensation or anything. Like a lot of people, there was even like rumors going around that I took court for money. I didn't take him to court. Like the DPP took him to court. I was there mm. as a witness. Absolutely, and um, that was the same with this woman in the example. She didn't take him to court. The DPP had enough evidence, and which made her point even more stronger. With why do you need my private? Um, transcript between me and my counselor that is a private matter like you know you it's were talking awful. about GD- gdpr there uh, i mean where what where, where's that woman's gdpr when the when the defense of this um rapist uh the, the, i don't know i don't think in in the end i don't think she had to do that but even the suggestion of that is just i think disgraceful oh it's so there's so much on unbalance and it seems to be the wrong way like even now it was during covid it was one of the supposed to be a sentencing or something 
and my dad came down to Galway for it and he wasn't allowed into the courtroom because of COVID. But when I went into the courtroom, my perpetrator's father was in there. And that's just such a kick in the teeth for victims because you're just going in with absolutely no support at all. And how was your perpetrator's father there? How did hell did he get in? Yeah, (laughs) this is it. Like that he was allowed in, but my father wasn't. That was just so unfair. Now the next, I, I put that on Twitter and it was shared around enough. And then the next one, like I was allowed to bring someone in with me um, mm. for the final sentencing. But I, I feel as though if I hadn't have done that, then he wouldn't have been allowed in. Yeah. Fight for everything. Um, yeah. Do, mm-hmm. do, do you think there is progress or do you think there, there are, are we still just kind of our wheels are spinning and we're getting nowhere in terms of improving things for victims? in Ireland? I think the lid has been lifted off like the conversation a bit more. I am noticing there's starting to be a lot more conversations. Like even I used to live with this family in Galway and their neighbour came over one of the days and she was telling me how she was talked. And this woman was like in her seventies or her eighties, you know, and said that she wouldn't have talked about it before. So I think that, yeah, definitely talking about it is the first step, but there's only so much that words can do at the same time. You've got to keep Absolutely. people safe. And I'd absolutely love if, you know, we were able to develop into some sort of victim advocacy service. And that's what we're kind of doing at the moment, just advising people on what they can do, how they can get help, what support is there. Because there's even, there is a thing called Victim Support Accord um, where, you know, they can, I think they go with you to court and, if you don't have a background in the law, they can give you a brief rundown of what's going on and let you know what you should expect. But I didn't even know about that until a few weeks ago. So there is some services there, but there just seems to be this massive gray area on, you know, how to access these services and where to go for them. Because when you make, when, if you report a crime to the guards, they don't tell you about anything. Now they'll send out a letter with your incident number and stuff. And they have some helplines at the back, but I just found all the websites really hard to navigate. And when I looked up like Stalking Support Ireland, nothing came up. There was nothing. Mm. And even going on to it in like other countries, like Una will say it as well, it, it just seemed really dark and scary. I had pictures of like men in hoods behind corners and stuff like that. You know, it was intimidating yeah. to even navigate. And a lot of the language is very like academic and would revolve around, you know, they'd be fine for someone doing a law degree, but, you know, if you're not familiar with the systems of the court and everything, it can be daunting. Yeah, so, so you guys are trying to kind of make that information more accessible and make it easier for people who might be experienced and similar to kind of find out, okay, what, what can I do here? Like, because, I, I don't know, like, at any point, I know, Quinny, you said, like, you got suspicious and all that, and then, obviously, when your man shaved his beard, shaved his head and all that, that was kind of like a major alarm bell. But, like, at any point up until then, had you felt genuinely in fear? Like, were you like, like I can't be alone, you know? Like, how soon did that feeling set in for you? Um, the I can't be alone session before I was told not to be alone. Okay. I kind of made it my business to always have someone around. Um. Because just yeah, I just get so on edge. Because even though I did try to tell myself it was a coincidence, after that day where he was around from half nine in the morning till what half eleven at night, yeah, I think from then I was just in a stage of trauma completely, um, and it took a long Why time. Why wouldn't you to be? Go. 
Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. Mm. And then every time a court case happens, it's just the whole re-traumatization of that. And like having to go there and sit across, like at the high court in Dublin, he was sitting directly across me and he was smiling at me from across the room. Like it was, it was... Yeah. It's awful. It's, it's, it's absolutely crazy. And like, again, like kind of about yourself and Una, kind of the bravery it takes to be able to kind of not, not just tell your story, but then try and help people as well through this. Um, <clears throat> if, if things like this should be noted, though, like if, if he's being a bit sadistic in the courtroom in front of a judge, in front of guards, and he is he is provocating you with, with sadistic laughter and smiles, surely. Like, if I saw that as a June, surely I have it in the power to say, right, here's another two years. I mean, that's yeah, well, just that, that was failed. No remorse shown whatsoever. Oh, like, there was that was a, um, an appealed bail hearing. So he, he wasn't let out on bail after that. So maybe the judge did notice. Did notice, yeah. Um, maybe. Yeah. There was no remorse shown whatsoever, was there? From him, no, no, there wasn't. Like I was told, there was going to be a verbal apology and an apology letter, but like the, I don't think I would have even wanted them. And yeah. they, they never, they never existed. They never showed up, anyways. And and your 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 housemate that was attacked, I, I, they they were okay and everything. They and they're all right now. I hope. Yeah, like she, it takes a massive toll, ment- like yeah, yeah. mentally, and you know she did have like her hands were quite red and everything afterwards. Um, you know, it, it's it's something. It it was just not what, obviously not what she was expecting at all. Like that's yeah. You know, I know someone I in your knew, sitting room with a hammer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially we know we none of us ever thought the possibility that he'd come up the balcony because it was so high up. Um, but apparently the scaffolding was there for like a week, so he could have been. Crazy. Could have been there yeah. more than we knew about. Yeah. Yeah. Well, geez, thank thank God. Kind of, you know, every, well, I mean, I know how it sounds going to say, and everyone was okay in the end, kind of thing. Obviously, there's, you know, the the the, the issues trying to deal with it afterwards, and then you know, it's it's led to you then kind of realizing the wider societal problems in terms of dealing with this. Um, what 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 would you hope then? Kind of like you know, five years time where Ireland will be at with this stuff. What are your hopes? Oh, I'd hope that um, we'd have the law in place and that the sentence for it would be increased because the harassment sentence, now well, that was increased this year to 10 years. But um, God, I still think if, I, I don't know, maybe it's just me, but I still think that 10 years is a short time because you can nearly knock half, half that time off of anyways when it comes down yeah. to it, you know. Like, um, my guy got two consecutive sentences, five years and seven years, and then it was like two years suspended, and he's only going to serve about three and a half years. So, when it comes down to it, like 12 years isn't that much. Um, but the stalking protection orders that that started in England, I think that they would really benefit us over here, and as well, I would, I just think it's so important that we establish a proper victim advocacy service for victims of stalking like I'd love to go to schools and educate students about it and you know I think the guards could need training on it and other sexual violence centers and stuff because yeah. there just seems to be a lack of education around it um, I think have you received any support from like any politicians who have kind of said like look I'm going to work with you or I'm going to support this or 
Yeah, so Senator Lisa Chambers is um, has drafted a bill and she came back to me and Una with it and showed it to us and we had a few changes to add to it. So uh, she went away and worked on it and she has um, submitted it to the bill's office. So once that gets passed, she'll be able to propose it. So hopefully... Um, Fingers crossed, yeah. Fair play to Lisa yeah. Chambers. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it was very good of her. Um, but yeah, like we have had some great support. We've gotten a lot of emails saying, you know, well done on what you're doing, keep going and... It's nice to know that there is people behind us. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And if people want to sign the petition or uh, support you, where, where can they go and how can they do that, Eve? They can go on to our website, www.stalking.ie or our Instagram is stalking underscore underscore IE and then same with our Twitter. Um, we have the links for it in our bios there as well. Cool, cool. Well, look, I mean, th- thanks so much for, for having a chat with us and, and for sharing your story with us. It's... Um, it's so important that people hear it and hopefully you know even if it only helps one or two people that's that's still amazing but um yeah look f- fingers crossed i've signed a petition uh Mero, if you Gosh. haven't jump on it there now and do it uh yet cool man but f- fingers crossed anyway that things start to go in the right direction um but thank you so much and for, Eve, for uh, look after yourself and thanks always man. keep yourself number one and keep your mind prepare yourself for all these things like and uh, best of luck with your and Una's stellar work as well. I'm I'm kind of like, I I knew the story, but like when you're talking to you one on one, it's just it makes you a bit angry. Like you know, it makes yeah. Like, where where's the care for the victims in 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 pre-trial, post-trial? Do you know, it's it just doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, well, now that people know about how tough it could be for victims without actually having to have gone through something themselves. Hopefully that like some changes will come soon. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, thanks cool. so much. Yeah, thank you. Really thanks appreciate your time. Me. Thanks, thanks so much. Eve. I mean I I almost feel like it's kind of patronizing to say, I can't believe how brave that girl is. Or I almost yeah, feel yeah. like like I'm not I'm doing her a disservice by saying those kind of things. But but I genuinely mean I cannot believe how brave that girl is, and I cannot believe that she has to 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 quote uh, Jim Ross the intestinal fortitude to be able to tell her story and say, "Yeah, I I know there's a risk in me doing this, but yeah. I have to do it." Like incredible. Ah, stop! Like there, like any victim of 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 that type of crime, mm. there has to be um, an element of bravery when you decide. Right, I'm gonna make this a part of my life for and try and yeah. make change for the better. Hundred um, percent, but and it's something. Like, it's something I, I just couldn't believe some of the stuff. Like I just oh. to, to hear it from Eve in person. Yeah, like the bit that that really shook me was, um, when she kind of said, "Look, you're you're not hard to to see. You've got a big bushy beard." And then the next time she bumped into him, or a whole day that he was stalking her from half nine till half eleven, and and that evening. The eyebrows are gone. The head was shaved. The beard yeah. was shaved. And then a friend approached him and him saying, "Shh," like put yeah, his fingers yeah. up, saying, "Shush," and giggling, giggling and running and, away. Oh, that's man. fucking sadistic, man. Like it, that's, it is that's I, next level sadistic, like it is. And and the the guy, to the top there. The guy probably does have some sort of of of, of mental issue. I don't know. I'm, I'm speculating there, obviously, and you know that's just my personal opinion based on what I've heard, but. 
it doesn't excuse what's happened. It doesn't excuse the the lack of support that Eve has got and that other people who have gone through similar cases have got. It's incredible. And I think it's something that I, I didn't say with, with, with Eve when we were talking to her, but I think all of us kind of have a little bit of a duty here that if, like, if we spot something or, you know, you know the way sometimes you'll kind of know someone who you might think, they're, like... <sighs> I haven't thought this. Really You'd spot something it. that's not odd, like yeah, yeah. But you, you wouldn't, you wouldn't call it out. You wouldn't. You just. I, th- to... I think. I think as a nation, we we lost. I think as a nation, we lost some of that compassion during the Celtic Tiger. I think Maybe, prior yeah, to yeah. Celtic Cel- prior to Celtic Tiger, I think there would be a huge element of community and looking out for each other. Um, and I still think there's elements of that alive in certain estates uh, around the country mm. and, and communities. But yeah. certainly, you could have relied on that a lot more prior to the Celtic Tiger. Yeah. I think the Celtic Tiger made people uh, a bit more selfish. Now, people could be mm. listening to this and say, what the fuck was Mero talking about the Celtic Tiger? But I genuinely mean that in terms of we lost compassion and modesty uh, during the Celtic Tiger. And that all reflects back in how you act in your community and in your estate. So yeah. I do I do agree with you. Um, I think as well... And and I I I do I agree with the point you're making, but I think as well, you know, I think I think most of us have probably seen it where you're on a night out and you spot somebody who's a little bit leery, and it might just be that they have drink on them, and they have drink on them, they're a different person kind of thing, or you you can you can spot something that doesn't feel right. But you mean call it out like? Yeah, you don't want to fuck up your own night and kind of, you know, and then you're also kind of like, oh, maybe I'm just imagining it, all those kind of things. And Eve referenced herself that, like, at some stages she felt like, oh, it's just coincidence, I'm imagining it, and that kind of thing. But I think we all have a little bit of a duty to, to kind of, if we spot something that isn't right, like, just, you know what I mean, just do something. I'm not saying intervene physically, but, like, maybe, you know, say it to the person, to, to the girl involved or whatever, just be like, look, just, Watch out for your man there. He's being a bit of an oddball, or yeah, yeah, that kind of thing. Just don't, don't let things that you notice go unheard or unnoticed. I think, I think people, we, we all, myself included, probably need to do a little bit more there, um, and just looking out for one another. I think what you said there, Mary, about kind of community and people watching out for each other, we all just need to do a little bit more of that, don't we? Like, big time. I think he was. Uh... I think she should be very proud of herself in a lot of the, the, a lot of the media rounds that she's done. She's come across exemplary, uh, very articulate, and yeah. uh, the best of luck to her and Nuna in in their campaign to get the laws changed. Yeah. And, and if, it's only right that they do get the laws changed. If they don't, I mean, it's an absolute shit show. Absolutely, yeah. If you if you haven't seen um, uh, Eve and Una Ring. Uh, talking to Ryan Torby on the Late Late Show or if you haven't heard them before it, it's worth going off and just finding the other bits of media they've done because you know in different media things they've obviously they'll ask different questions and professional interviews and professional media people not as good as me and Mero, <clears throat> but they will have <laughs> asked different things and, and you just hear those little nuances and you hear different things and it just alerts you to the fact that like these aren't isolated things. These aren't one-offs. The, like these things do genuinely happen. And yeah. stalking, and even kind of like as as bad as it was, the guards kind of saying that's only something the American TV show. I think that is probably uh, like that we use stalking so casually that if you hear about an actual case of it where someone is put in in imminent danger, yeah, you almost dismiss it because you're like, uh, I guard a force need to be. They need they need more backing from government. They need more resources. They need more mm. training. 
like like for for that answer for the guard to respond like that to Eve, I think it's just down to lack of training and lack of understanding. I, oh, um, big time! And I'd say they need to be probably, trained more. Like yeah, and I'd say it was yeah. Like I mean, look, we reference America and to reference almost like the Hollywood situation is just nonsense. A hundred percent. Yeah, it is. It is. And I, I I know guards are dealing with difficult circumstances, and and I've so much time and so much respect for for any kind of member that the guard or any frontline worker who's dealing with stuff that I could never deal with. I could yeah. never ever deal with it. But I, I do agree with you. I think they need more compassion and in order to have the tools to be able to use that compassion, they, they need better training and these sort of things. You, you need to be going through uh, kind of talks with experts and, and you need to be able to, to have those examples in your head so that you know, okay, in this sort of scenario, these are the kind of things I should or should not fucking say. Um, yep. But yeah, look, p- powerful stuff for me. If, and I fucking, if you haven't already, Les, if you didn't know the story and whatever, head on over, stalking.ie, sign that petition uh, and help you and Eve out uh, to, to try and make a difference. It, 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 it may save a life. I'm not saying that just to be a sensationalist or whatever, but it, it genuinely might like. Yeah. Anyways, um, if you want to listen to any, to this podcast, any other podcast, well, no, you've already listened to any other yeah. previous podcast. Please search WTS Pod on all podcast providers, where everywhere and anywhere you can get a podcast. Yeah, if you're a recently to- released WWE superstar and you would like to join our podcast, feel free to reach <laughs> yeah, out to us. And yeah. geez, they released a lot of them, didn't they? Yeah, a lot of big names as well. I mean, yeah. there's there is rumors in America that Vince McMahon is getting rid of the is cleaning up his balance books to sell up. Oh, um, now there was always there was all. It was always the the agreed sentiment that Vince McMahon was going to die in the gorilla position, which is reduction area, yeah. uh, which is named in tribute to the late Gorilla Monsoon. Um, so I don't know. He's we've been watching the A and E biography documentaries, and when he has participated in them, he has looked a lot older than I anticipated. And even mm. with that, he's like riddled with Botox. Um, yeah. And but he's he's now wearing hearing aids, so. But he's in, like, he's well into seventies, isn't he, Vince? He would be. I think he'd be seventy-five. Yeah. You know, so I mean, like. But he's often said that he'll be there till a hundred and all. So I know, yeah, yeah. Um, um, but unless his health is getting the better of him, but I did listen to a recent podcast uh, with a wrestler who said that Vince, like, I think it was Stone Cold. Who said that? Oh, he still sometimes get texts at four AM off Vince to see if he's working out, like, like checking yeah. in. Oh, I hope you're working out because Vince is up at four AM working out. So yeah, you yeah. don't know many seventy-five year olds that are still I'd working say, out. Yeah, but look, it would be mad if they were to sell because there's rumors ever since UFC cashed in or the Fertitas cashed in and got four billion dollars for UFC, which I think is crazy. Um, I'd say Vince could be. His mouth could be watering and saying, "What could I get?" But the would-be buyers would be like, perhaps NBC or mm. Disney or HBO. Like one of these media outlets would, yeah. would would buy them. It's just a mad, mad thing, and I like the company's sixty years, sixty, seventy years old. So um, I don't see it happening out selling. But the suggestion is, is that he's releasing all these huge stars to balance the books to get. To, to, to cut the fat before selling up like Tony, Tony Khan is going to buy it and then Tony Khan's son is going to appear at SummerSlam 
and uh, tell, tell, Tony can tell Tony that the name on the contract does indeed say can, <laughs> but it doesn't. <laughs> Is that WrestleMania 40 in the Jaguar Stadium? That's it, man. That's it. But just, um, just for the record, I haven't watched wrestling over the year. I don't haven't. I've watched just, uh, just for the nostalgia buzz. I've watched the documentaries, the Dark Side of the Ring stuff, the WWE yeah. stuff, the A and E, the Hidden Treasures. I like all that nostalgic buzz, but uh, the the in ring content. I think I finally grown up, and it's time to retire my Dusty Rose pajamas that I don't have, but very things that I have. Uh, man, as we're recording, I can see them in the background there. We just that. <laughs> uh, I agree. Dark Side of the Ring. Actually, even if you're not interested in wrestling lads, if you're like pro wrestling, show blah blah blah, right, whatever, grand. Look up Dark Side of the Ring Collision in Korea. Yeah, it's deadly, isn't it? Bonkers. A bonker story about American pro wrestlers in the mid-90s, along with the biggest name in Japanese pro wrestling, going to North Korea to put on a wrestling show. Rick Flair is involved as well. Just the whole story. As I was watching, I was like, how have I never heard of this before? I genuinely had never heard be. of it. I, I, I enjoyed that. Mind blown. I enjoyed that Dark Side of the Ring, but I... I knew everything about it. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. Some of the archive footage was was quite interesting. Mm. Um, but I, I knew most of it because it was in a book I read years ago. Yeah. Um, and a lot of the stories that I read were like, you know, the the authorities listening into the phone conversations and all that. I knew all that. Yeah. Um, Rick Flair very unsettled in the whole trip. I knew all that. Rick yeah. Flair when they landed in Japan, getting on his knees and kissing the ground, knew all that. You know, so Mad I knew right. I knew Rick was Plan B when Hulk Hogan was Plan A, and Hulk couldn't do it. Um, there was, so there wasn't. It was still interesting to to hear them on camera speak as opposed to mm. reading the book. Um, but also Conrad Thompson, the the podfather of of professional wrestling, um, he has an accompanied podcast that comes out, um, with the makers of Dark Side yes. of the Ring. Yeah, and their podcast on Collision in Korea was excellent. And also their podcast on Becoming Ultimate Warrior was very good. Indeed, indeed. Uh, right, I, we'll, I, I cut you off when you were trying to wrap us up there just to make a joke. Yeah, you might, want, you might want to edit that. <laughs> I mean, I might. Let's see how lazy I am on Saturday morning as I actually edit. Lovely. Well, you can search the UTS pod on any podcast provider. We're everywhere and anywhere you can get a podcast. You can go to Twitter at WTS pod. You can go to WPSpod.com as well and listen back on all our archive uh, pods. He's at Banjo Murray on Instagram and Twitter. I'm at Mary Mania on Instagram and Twitter. And until next time. Happy birthday to us. Happy birthday to us. Also, for the record and a reminder, I want to make a statement, one line, and then we'll close the show. Wheelchair boxing is not a disability sport. Until next week, clear eyes. Full hearts. And lose. Too sweet.